0: one says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty Debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Episode 93 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FF Evan Lucian You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many ways to get in touch. Let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to see more of, what you wish you never had to hear again on the show. Let me know, people. I hope you are enjoying these divisional previews. I am getting super, super stoked about football being back. We are talking... NFC East this week, special guest Dave Heilman at Dynasty Dorks on Twitter. Give him a follow. The first ever guest is back again. He is killing it. We've already covered the Cowboys. I already may have estranged half of my friends and listeners by saying Lamb is potentially a sell. If you didn't check that out, go back and listen. We are not talking Cowboys today. We are talking Philadelphia Eagles. So fly, Eagles fly, and let's get ready to find out who's a buy, hold, sell, and what we expect for the 2022 season. The main event. Fight! Philadelphia Eagles, very interesting team to talk about. They were nine and eight last year. So, not a great, you know, not a great, you know, year necessarily, but they did finish second in the division. They managed to get to the playoffs. So, hat tip to them. No significant changes in the coaching staff, which is actually a fairly significant thing to note. I believe it's the first time in. I, I honestly, I looked it up the other day. It's years, it's like 10 plus years that there's not been significant turnover in their coaching staff from one year to the next. So that is pretty interesting to note, especially with, you know, Nick Sirianni was a first year head coach last year. So they're obviously feeling pretty comfortable and confident with what they've got going. They believe in, in what, you know, Nick Sirianni is selling. They're buying what he's selling. So no, no significant changes. They're looking to run it back, but I, do you think there's been some movement in the offseason that suggests they're not necessarily just going to play the exact same way and try and you know be a cookie cutter of themselves from last year? I think they are going to mix things up, spice things up a little bit in free agency they didn't really lose anybody major on the offensive side they did sign zach Pascal. um you know he's a decent wide receiver i don't think he's gonna like really shake the earth and like change major dynasty rosters or anything like that he was decent in indy and they clearly needed help in the wide receiver room so i think they brought him in they didn't know how the draft was going to go they just wanted to start bolstering the ranks Obviously they made a massive splash in the draft. They traded for AJ Brown, who we talked about previously there, um, gave up their one of their first round picks to the Titans for AJ Brown. So they brought Brown in to partner with Devonta Smith. They've got Zach Paschal there. They brought Greg Ward back, I believe, on a one-year deal. They've still got a couple of other guys knocking around. Um, So they've definitely got some guys in the the receiver room now. And they did did draft a tight end quite late, Grant Calcaterra. But I'm not overly concerned or worried about him really necessarily cutting into Goddard's workload. So very interesting team. um, Very obviously run heavy last year. Uh, Jalen hurts was a very, very divisive quarterback. People seemed to either absolutely love him or completely and utterly despise him. So very much like Marmite over here, you either love it or you hate it. Not sure what the relevant example would be over in America at the moment, maybe like spam or something. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. I have no clear uh, take on this for, for an American taste, but what do you think about the Eagles? Where are you at? Like, what's your general vibe on them, Dave? And also, what do you think about where are you at as far as your confidence level on a scale of one to 10 for this offense moving into 2022?
1: Uh, probably a seven. Makes me want to move my Dallas Cowboys one up a little bit. Um, a seven here because I'm really confident in Jalen Hurts. Um, I just don't know what they're going to do as far as spreading it out. And, you know, the, the receivers and the running back, and Dallas Goddard there's just not a whole lot of confidence that you can get weekly production from every you know plug and play guys every single week
0: yeah that is fair I've actually gone eight so I'm a little bit higher than you not majorly high like I'm not a full 10 or anything but I guess where I come down is the reason I'm an eight is because the guys that I am confident in I'm very confident in and then everyone else I'm kind of like whatever I don't care about. So I guess that's why I would sort of be an eight. If we look at the offense, because they're bringing back the whole coaching staff, everybody's you know just running it back. I think there are some interesting things to note about their play style and what they were like last year, but also look at what we could see from them, hopefully moving forward. Again, if we look at sort of the pace of play, they were 16th, so they're kind of right in the middle. They're not super fast pace of play, but they're not rock bottom either. 11th in DVOA, interestingly enough, because I think a lot of people's interpretation or expectation of them was that they sort of struggled offensively and they weren't a great offensive team, but they were actually 11th in DVOA, so they were already sort of top third in in the league last year. I know Hertz, being as divisive as he was, was still a top 12 rated PFF graded Quarterback last year. So that would probably surprise a lot of people who weren't really paying attention. They hung their hat on the run game, as we know last year. They were 57% success rate in running plays, which is first in the NFL. I don't think that would surprise anyone. They were 43% successful with their pass plays. Now that's 26th. So it's quite bad, quite low. But again, that ties into a lot of people's kind of worries for Jalen Hurts is that him not being as good at passing as they want him to be 50% overall, when you look at run and pass combined. So seventh in the NFL. So very solid. I think a lot of these underlying stats and the analytics are probably some of the reasons why they're so confident. Nick Sirianni still why they're confident enough to run it back with the coaching staff. A couple of things that would probably concern a lot of people is, they were last place in targets to wide receivers in the entire NFL at 220 targets. Um, and they were 20th in targets to running backs. So they weren't even really peppering the running backs with targets. They were tied 12th in targets to so the tight end. So that's really good. So obviously, a quick takeaway would be wheels up for Dallas Goddard now that he's the main man in town. Zach Ertz is gone finally. So that we should, in theory, expect pretty good things from Dallas Goddard. To me, though, I, you know, I know it's bad and it is bad that they were last place for wide receiver targets. Of course, that's not where we want them to be. But first of all, it's unusual and unlikely for a team to be that low and to continue to be that low year on year. I don't believe looking at the way they played and what happened last year that they were wanting to necessarily be that run heavy. I think there was a lot of change, transition. Jalen Hurts was obviously a work in progress. They just and they they really didn't have a great receiver room. They had DeVonta Smith and they had a bunch of other dudes, really. Like they don't have a lot of solid wide receivers. The fact that they went out and prioritized trading for AJ Brown, the fact that they're working really hard on these little movements like that tells me that they want to pass more cuz I don't think you go and trade for an AJ Brown, give up a first round pick for a guy who a lot of people consider, you know, a top 10 receiver in the NFL. I don't think you do that if you're like, no, we just want to run the dang ball. You know they didn't prioritize drafting any more running backs. They didn't prioritize, you know, getting a different quarterback to play a different way. They obviously believe to some extent Jalen Hurts is going to take another step forward, and he did actually improve in a lot of areas from his rookie year, from his year before in college. So to me, it does suggest that they're going to move up, even if they don't move into the top third. I don't think they're going to be in the bottom. Five anymore. I mean, hopefully they're going to be somewhere in the middle and they had 220 targets to the wide receiver position. Last year, Devonta Smith got about 50% of those targets. I don't think that really changes. I think really you can look at it as Devonta Smith's going to get 50%. AJ Brown's going to get the other 50%. Um, Anytime they're throwing to wide receivers, it's probably going to be 80 to 90% of the targets are going to go to those two guys. Everything else, you know, passing wise, probably going to go to Goddard. And then, you know, there's going to be a mixture of running backs thrown in and Hertz is going to do some damage on the ground as well. That's how I would sort of read the tea leaves there. What are your thoughts on that, Dave? Does that kind of strike you as pie in the sky thinking? Do you think that's reasonable? Where are you at?
1: Yeah, I think there will be an increase in the the passing. They were the number one rushing um, team in the league. And part of that is you – you know, Sirian is a good coach, and he is, is going to fit the scheme to the players versus trying to fit players into the scheme. So as they get better players, they're going to change the scheme a little bit. Um, do I think they're going to pass the ball uh, a ton? No. Um, Jalen Hurts struggles with accuracy. Um, there's some struggles in the passing game that are not going to be corrected fully by adding A.J. Brown. They will be helped. Um, obviously AJ Brown is a huge increase, uh, upgrade from Jalen, you know, Rager. Um, but you know, when it comes down to it, their, their bread and butter is going to be the offensive line in the running game and Jalen hurts legs. And so Jalen hurts is, you know, and like I said, he's got a great schedule. A lot of times they're like, Hey, look for your first and second read and just take off and, you know, trust your legs. And that's where he gets a lot of the fantasy production. So, um, seeing, uh, AJ Brown as the wide receiver five is, you know, that's, that's tough for me. Um, I just, I think he's going to have the same type of low volume that he had in Tennessee. Um, Devonta Smith is a very good receiver and we may talk about him in a second.
0: Ooh, I like it. Foreshadowing. This is why they pay you the big bucks. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, I think that, For me, like I said, 220 targets last year, the wide receiver position, I think that probably goes up. I don't expect it to go up to like 400, you know? (laughs) I would expect, you know, hopefully 250, 275, maybe something like that. Um, And again, yeah, that's not a huge pie, but I really think based on the wide receiver room that they have, you know, that pie is pretty much getting split two ways. You know, it's like Devonta Smith's getting his, AJ Brown's getting his, and everyone else can just get the scraps. You know, that's the way I would see it. I, AJ Brown is a great run after catch kind of guy. You know, he's a great guy to help with even short, intermediate things to free things up for Devonta Smith. So, 100%, I think, and, and I get what you're saying as well. So, I do want to do a little throwback to sort of last episode there where we're talking about the Cowboys. And I mentioned, you know, CeeDee Lamb being a sell if he's being valued as the wide receiver for in startups. I do understand completely where you're coming from and I feel similar ish to AJ Brown. You know, like I would personally be more confident in AJ Brown than I would Ceedee Lamb because I have seen it. I've seen it happen. I've seen him finish as a top 12 wide receiver. Um, I've seen him dominate in a terrible quote unquote circumstances. Um, you know, in a team that's not particularly pass heavy is certainly not pass heavy, but to the same point, Like you said, he's not. You know, it'd be foolish to say, "Oh no, this is a brilliant set of circumstances for him. This is perfect. This is what we wanted." Well, no, not really. It's not really majorly better than what he what he had in Tennessee, to be honest with you. Um, You know, it's it's certainly not, but. I do think that he's he's a very talented receiver, but if people are valuing him as the wide receiver three in Dynasty and they want to give you a, a boatload you know, to trade for him, then I don't have a problem with that either. So I totally get where you're coming from. As far as I think you kind of alluded to this already when we talk about our buys, like who do we want to try and get on the roster? I think we both agreed here that it's Devonta Smith. Like... I think he's a very, like you've already said, I'll just back you up on this. I think we both agree he's a very talented receiver. What he did in his rookie year was very impressive. It just got overshadowed by, unfortunately, you know, Jamar Chase breaking the planet, you know, with his rookie year. So if Jamar Chase hadn't, done what he done I think we would be talking a lot more about Devonta Smith and what he managed to accomplish so he had a great rookie year he had a good solid PFF grade he had a good solid win rate he had a good solid um You know, just a lot of underlying stats look really, really positive things that you want to see from a rookie wide receiver, especially one that's been thrust into a position of being the wide receiver one on the team. He didn't really have that grace period to kind of get his toes wet. He's being valued as the wide receiver 23 on, and a startup at the moment on sleepers ADP for superflex tight and premium leagues. So again, like a very low level wide receiver two is what he's being valued at and i think that that is um that's undervaluing him i do i really think that you know i really think that you, there's a lot of meat on the bones there i mean he managed to to really in, in we just talked about it a pretty bad pass offense lowest passing volume not a great success rate i mean he still managed to get over 100 targets and he still managed you know 64 receptions almost 1000 yards and five touchdowns he he was the wide receiver 29 in PPR leagues last year. You're getting him at the wide receiver 24, basically in startups. So you're pretty much really drafting him at his floor. Like, even if he doesn't improve, he's still just fine. He's still returning value for you. I mean, I definitely think he's going to improve. He was an absolute stud in Alabama. I think he's a great receiver. And I think you can get him for a really cheap. I mean, in a startup, you can get him as your wide receiver two, three, four, maybe even depending on how the draft goes at the moment. So I'm all aboard. Trading for Devonta Smith, getting him on the cheap, um, as I see it, and I believe you feel the same, Dave. Is that right?
1: Yeah, he's just—he's uh, kind of being left for dead out there. Um, with the addition of AJ Brown, with the concerns, with um, you know the concerns that they have with with Jalen Hurts, and and I will say this about Devonta Smith and AJ Brown—you know the Eagles have done a really nice job of putting together a, a good roster. Um, but they've got some serious draft capital. They have the Saints' first round draft pick and the Eagles' first round draft pick, and you know, and the Eagles' you know second round draft pick next year. They have some capital to move up in a very, very good um, quarterback, you know, quarterback draft class. And Jalen Hurts is going to be coming up on his payday here soon, so the rubber is going to meet the road when it comes down to Jalen Hurts. And if they really think he's the real deal, um, they're 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 not going to have the the luxury of a fifth year option with him because he's a second round um you know second round uh, draft pick. And just so everyone knows, all first round draft picks get a four-year contract with a fifth year option that's a team option. So the team decides whether they want to accept it or not. And everyone else gets a four year contract. And so Jalen Hurts will be coming on year four next year, I believe. And uh, they can franchise tag him, which is you know gonna be like twenty something million dollars. Um, or give them a mega contract extension because all these guys are getting $40 million a year.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great point, actually, because with Hurts specifically, there's a lot of real Hurts truthers, and then there's a lot of Hurts haters. Um, but whichever side you really fall on, I'm personally, you, especially with Dynasty, we're talking Dynasty here. If redraft it could be different. But Dynasty, when it comes to receivers and tight ends, Quarterbacks, you sort of want to bet on the talent if you believe in it, because situations can change quite a lot. With AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, they're both very talented and they're both still young receivers. So, like you said, to your point, the reason that's such a great idea to get in on Devonta Smith at the moment is either he improves and Hertz improves, and all of a sudden, holy cow, he's viewed as a top fifteen wide receiver or something like that. So you've got a massive increase in your, uh, you've got a massive ROI or Hertz sucks. Hertz is gone, and they bring in a real stud, you know, amazing quarterback, which before he even passes a ball, everyone's going to be excited about. And then his value is automatically going to boost again because everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, this guy was awesome. We love Devonta Smith. Now that Hertz is out of here, he's a stud again. So either way, you're probably going to see a positive ROI. Get Devonta Smith on your rosters as long as it's a reasonable price. If you're doing a startup, make sure and get him on the team. If you're in a league where people are freaked out by it, go look what see what the deal would be to get to get him on the roster. Uh, that moves us on then to our bye, goodbye, see you later. Who is it you're getting rid of that you don't want on the roster anymore?
1: Yeah, so that's Miles Sanders, and you know I know that the price is actually pretty decent right now. But Miles Sanders said it himself on a talk show this weekend. They asked him about fantasy football, and he said blasphemous words. I don't care about fantasy football. Do not draft me. He said, do not draft me. I'm out. I mean,
0: that's sources say, you know, it's from his own mouth. You've got to take him at his word here. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously there's an element to it that he, he just, I think he made it clear. He doesn't give a, he doesn't give a crap about fantasy football he doesn't care about our fantasy teams which is fair enough you know i know there's other players like Austin Eckler that are super into it and they love fantasy football and they think it's great but he doesn't care it seems like it just seems like he 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 feels very frustrated i would say with his career so far with his utilization with how things have gone so it's understandable when you're not feeling great about how things are going you don't really care about those extra things like fantasy so i agree with you to some extent especially If you have somebody who's maybe believing in a resurgence or believing in, you know, a bounce back year and you can get a good bit of value for him. But uh, yeah, it's certainly not somebody I'm going out of my way to acquire or to hold on to or anything like that. For me, it was tough because the guys that I do like, I'm really all about and I want to keep, but then the guy, anyone else I've basically put here as my (laughs) guys, I'm getting rid of is any pass catcher, not named Goddard Brown or Smith. So um, I'm fine with trading out of Brown if you're getting a really good return because the way I look at it, pretty much anybody on my team is always tradable for the right price. I think that's the way you kind of have to play Dynasty because you really have a finite amount of resources. You have to find ways to recycle, reshuffle, you know, keep moving things around and gaining more value when you can. Um, but yeah, I'm okay with moving Brown. I'm not trying to move him. I still believe in him. I still think he's a stud and I think he'll be great. But... Anybody not named Smith Brown or, or Goddard that's a pass catcher, you know, if anybody's excited about Quez Watkins or anybody's excited about, you know, whoever, Hightower or Greg Ward or something like that, or Zach Pascal, if you can get something for them or if that is the make or break part of a deal, don't let that stand in your way. Honestly, I just don't think there's a big enough pie to To go around (laughs) to get cut enough ways, I think if you can get anything for any of those other guys, I'm totally fine with it personally. Um, What about Sneaky Stash? That is an it's an interesting team, you know.
1: Yeah, I put Kenneth Gainwell, um, and I don't know if he's super sneaky, um, but he's still right now as the RB fifty three. And so when you're looking at you know what's that an RB five, um, you know there's there's a lot that can be said you know about him or even a guy like a like a Boston Scott. Where you're just stashing them on there, and when people get hurt, and Sanders has been known to miss some time, these guys have had roles and they've done they've done really well. And so, on an offense that runs the ball really well behind a really good offensive line, if you can get these guys with some dart throws in the in the teens, I'll take it.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I definitely. I definitely almost put Kenny G on there. I mine is Kennedy Brooks. So similar sort of a thought process, really. Somebody that was pretty interesting pre-draft. He didn't get drafted, but they've prioritized him as a UDFA. I believe he's one of the only like three or four UDFA running backs that got like a guaranteed contract of some sort. Uh so they obviously like him enough to to think that they want him on the roster. They want him to do something. He's coming in at RB eighty four. So he's quite literally free uh in your startups, probably even on the waiver wire. I don't think many people are expecting much, but yeah, I think you're right. This team clearly wants to run the ball and you know they're good at running the ball. So that's good. You're going to get opportunities and if anybody goes down, if Sanders gets injured, which to your point, you know, we've seen that happen, um we've definitely seen that happen before, then yeah, it'll be more, it'll be Wills up I like Kenny G a lot. He was my RB four last year in that draft class. So I definitely am all about that. And they have always said really nice things about him. That coaching staff seems to really like him. And surprisingly, I mean, he did get, I believe 50 targets last year as a rookie. So he didn't have a splashy year and great final numbers and stuff. But if you look at the fact he got 50 targets as a rookie in a part-time role, um, that's pretty good. I mean, fifty targets is nothing to sniff at, especially if you're in a deeper league, or especially if you're in a league where you have to start multiple running backs, not just two. That's certainly somebody that could be worth keeping an eye on for. Um, do you have anybody else you want to shout out there, or you want to, you know, tie this up here and we'll give our our hot take or not sorry, not hot takes, our bold predictions for the
1: Eagles? Just just to keep an eye on Carson Strong in your super flex leagues. Um, I think he's a stash in your super flex only leagues. They gave him a lot of UDFA money. He was signed to one of the biggest UDFA contracts, and um, again, with some of the concerns that we have, you know, with Jalen Hurts, um, plus he's a rushing quarterback, and they're more likely, you know, to to, to get injured. Um, so, just something to keep an eye on there.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, hundred percent. Um, yeah, again, somebody that's absolutely free. Nobody wants him. Like I've been in several Superflex rookie drafts where he doesn't even get drafted, you know, because he was a UDFA and as a quarterback, that's never good. But like you said, there's opportunity there potentially. So, do you have bold prediction?
1: Uh Jalen Hurts is QB one overall. Woo! That is spicy.
0: I like it. I like the I like the spice. I am actually going to go, yeah. So I'm not it's not about Jalen Hurts, but I'm going to say I believe that DeVonta Smith and AJ Brown both finish as top 20 wide receivers. So I think that's pretty spicy because I think people are assuming that one will be good and the other will suck or vice versa. Um, but I I think they both finish as top 24 I would say top 20 just to be super bold about it. Um, You know, because I don't want to get crazy. I don't think they're both going to finish as top 12 or anything, but I think they can both finish as top 20 wide receivers this year. If they stay healthy, which obviously we don't know, AJ Brown, things like that, but that would be a bold prediction. I really think that there's going to be a boost in passing volume. I think they're both really good receivers. And if Jalen Hurst does take that little bit of a step forward, which I'm assuming he will, if he's going to finish his QB one, then that should hopefully be able to be a smash, a slam for both of us. There you go. Philadelphia Eagles. We are one step closer to talking about your beloved Giants. But we've got the Philadelphia Eagles in the bag. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing about our takes. Let us know what you think about them as well. I believe, actually, this just reminds me before we move on from the Philadelphia Eagles, I do believe somebody gave us a hot take, sort of a a hot take that had something to do with Miles Sanders. So I think after we have both just maybe like slightly trashed on him, this is not going to be a welcome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> welcome <laughs> a welcome take but i wanted to give a shout out and say thanks for the the comment cuz we kind of just threw it out on twitter saying we're going to have a chat about the nfc east here um and we were lucky enough to get a couple of comments here there was one question which we'll cover here in the section about the new york giants but there was a comment that covered off zeke who we've talked about with the cowboys and miles sanders so justin on twitter at jf hornets 25 said redemption season zeke returns to top five value and miles sanders quiets haters posting a bounce back six plus touchdown season with a top 24 finish with the eagles so what do we think about shout out justin first of all thank you for the uh the take where do we come down on it i think i'm not quite top five, but I'm more on board with the Zeke side of it myself. I agree that he probably has a top 12 year. Don't know about top five could happen, but that would be a little bit spicy. I'm not so much on board with the Miles Sanders side of it. Where do you come down?
1: Yeah. um, Sanders. I mean, it, it's the usage is just frustrating. And Jalen hurts is a, you know, vulture on the goal line. Um, Plus you got AJ Brown there now. So um, the Sanders' side is tough. I think he set the bar at six touchdowns. is not too crazy. So I don't think it's too spicy, and uh, I like the Zeke take.
0: Absolutely. Again, thank you for the take. There you have it, folks. Philadelphia Eagles in the bag. Moving on to bigger and just different. Not better, just different things. I draft zero R.B